Oh my gosh, welcome back to another episode of Namaste Bitches Podcast with me, your host, Abigailiah Shaman. It is a twice-monthly podcast that I get around to releasing mm, once every six months because I'm busy. This one I've had in the can since June, and it is with my dear friend, Bridget Ann Goddard. She is a Bikram Yoga instructor and studio owner down in Brighton. She is a wealth of knowledge. She's a beautiful powerful woman. I'm so excited that she took the time to talk to me and I'm so excited to finally share this information with you. We talked a lot about the Bikram community and what has been going on the past year and a half. I really appreciate how open and honest she was with that. And um, we talked... I mean, she just gives some great advice right here at the top of the episode. So uh, let's get right to it with Bridget Ann's advice. Here is Namaste Bitches. I hope you enjoy this one. B.A., what is your piece of advice? Meditate daily. Meditate daily. No one has said that yet. (laughs) And my question to you is when you meditate daily, do you mean sitting in lotus in silence or do you count the Bikram yoga as meditation? I do think Bikram yoga is a moving meditation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's a really good way for a beginner to start meditative practice. Um, most people that I've spoken to here at our yoga school, um, when I recently changed the name to Yoga in the Lanes, I re- we started changing, um, I started offering meditation to our students. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started teaching a meditation class once a week. And it didn't last. It wasn't very popular. <laughs> but it, the people who came loved it. Yeah. And we're getting a lot out of it. And we're saying, wow, you know, it's, I've really wanted to meditate for a long time. I've heard about this, but I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So I was teaching on a weekly basis different techniques because there's, you know, a million different techniques in, in meditation. And I was just offering different things. So, yeah, I think, you know, physical movement is a wonderful way. But I think being sitting and being quiet with yourself Mm -hmm. is very important so even if say at the end of a Bikram yoga class or any yoga class um, just to give yourself maybe just even one minute where you just sit Mm -hmm. and notice I mean we do that in savasana we do two minutes final savasana so yeah that's meditation but I think if you can come to a seated position and do that maybe after your savasana that that's actually more effective I had a um a student here as well who used to be a Tibetan monk. Oh, wow. Yeah, really interesting guy. Um, He's also a therapist. And, um, yeah, he offered this meditation to Simon and I, saying um, just to start each day or if we were arguing and having a bit of a moment to come toward each other, you know, kneel or sit comfortably facing Mm -hmm. each other. and just repeat this may you be well may you be happy may your heart be strong and joyful may you be free from pain and suffering may you be free from fear and anxiety may you live in may you live in harmony with those around you may you truly be well and happy Oh, wow. And so you say that first. Do you say that together at the same time? Like, do you say it in unison? So actually, I would say it. 
I would say, may you be well. And then he would repeat, may you be well. Okay. And then I'd say, may you be happy, may you be happy. Um, but the way that Rory had shared it with us was, you know, if you're doing it silently to your, just to yourself quietly, mm -hmm. you say the first one for you. May I be well. May I be happy. May my heart be strong and joyful. And then the second time you say it, you say it for someone you really love. And then you say it a third time for someone you really despise or someone that has, you know, agitated you or frustrated you or you're having a hard time with. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be someone, you know, it can be someone, you know, that you've read about or heard about. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been really powerful. Just having I've even done it a little bit sometimes if I've been have if I've been teaching a class mm -hmm. and have had a bit of a tough standing series and just it doesn't feel like it's going right between us, you know, the students and just the energy in the room. Yeah. Sometimes it can be a weird one. So then I take that two minute savasana and I just quietly say that first oh, to wow. myself and then to the students. And there's another one um, Pamela Heron shared with me, another Bikram yoga teacher. Um, that's a Hawaiian repetition that's very simple. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Oh, wow. So, so simple. You repeat those four things, and that's actually a little easier if you're teaching and you're having, a, you know, yeah. one of those students is like, oh, it's not, we're not hearing each other. Yeah. And then you really give that to them. And I've noticed it, it really does shift quickly. It can very quickly shift how a conversation goes or how a relationship goes. Um, even when it's like really ugly and really dirty and yeah. you just oh, want to run away, you just give yourself that moment to kind of settle and remember love yeah and forgiveness because i've been uh practicing yoga for quite some time now and i'll be honest i don't meditate daily at all my mother does my mother th there's been times when i'm stressed out when my mother's like but are you meditating and i'm like no <laughs> uh, i and i think one of the reasons why i'm not into it and why i think a lot of people aren't is there's so much the idea of meditation is big. Yes. Does that make sense? Like yes. it's, it's a grand thought. It's it it seems like when you sit down in silence, something should happen. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yes. Although I I guess it's, nothing should happen. That's the point. But you feel like by nothing happening, something great should happen. Yeah. <laughs> so what what piece of advice would you offer? Like, do you? Do you do it daily? Do you do it for five minutes, hour? I don't have a strict practice with myself. Okay. That is, you know, I've definitely, um, I think also that has changed this year. I did the Jared McCann teacher training in January. I'm not familiar with Jerry McCann. You know, Jared, he's one of the world Jared. yoga champions from years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the Lighthouse Yoga School okay. in New York. No, I do know who he is. Brilliant teacher. He was practicing um, This is very niche, but he was on the poster or on like all of the flyers for Bikram Yoga NYC forever, wasn't he? In Standing Bow? That's Jason Wynn. Oh, that's Jason Wynn. Yeah, but he yeah. is like Jason Wynn. Okay. And he's like, it's so funny because, you know, Jason died the year that we opened our school, 2010. Oh, wow. And, um, and, and Jared and I became friends, I think, around 2005, maybe, mm -hmm. 2006. Okay. And when I met him, I really was like, wow, you're there's this similarity oh, between wow. them. And then um, when Jason passed and, and Jared and I have since become closer and closer friends, you know, each year he's yeah. stayed with Simon and I and been here and taught at our school. And um, yeah, he's, 
they're very similar um, really wonderful teachers and good 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 people but I think doing part of doing his teacher training really shifted um, how I before I think partially because of the Bikram series was very particular and very Mm. and I still am when I'm teaching the hot yoga series it's like no it's 26 postures two breathing exercises don't mess with it 90 minutes you know this is it Um, but now that I'm teaching what Jared calls the JMY the Jared McCann yoga Mm -hmm. so I'm teaching JMY vinyasa um, he was like everything that I kind of had established was gone when I did the teacher training there was no heat yeah there were no mirrors there were no rules like it, you could do every class that Jared taught us in those two weeks of teacher training were different every yeah. single class was different um, we did between I was meditating between two and five hours a day for those two weeks oh wow so I was only sleeping about two to five hours a night. Okay. Um, so that was also something that kind of sparked, was an inspiration for me in terms of meditation. Because yeah. for every 20 minutes you meditate, that's equal to one hour of sleep. Okay. So that's huge. If you're not, yeah. a, you know, if you yeah. like to get a lot you out of your are, life. Yeah, if you are on the go. Okay. <laughs> I like dancing at night. I like going out. I yeah. like, you know, going, going, going. And yeah, I... I remember Bikram's once saying, you can sleep when you're dead. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I know sleep is important, but I've noticed, yeah, that when I meditate, um, it does. It feels very restful. And it doesn't, and some days I'll meditate for just those four phrases. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I love you. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And that's my meditation. Other days I do the, you know, may you be well, may you be happy. And that takes about five mm-hmm. minutes. Um, to go through usually. Typically, I'm probably meditating for 5 to 15 minutes a day. Okay. That seems like a reasonable amount of time. I, I Once I was reading uh, someone's thing about suggesting to meditate, which I think is a great idea. But she's like, you know, build a little space for meditation, which isn't a bad idea either. But it's like put up fairy lights and do all this and I was like nope can't do can't meditate there's just not enough room in my apartment for a meditation corner okay they're just not you know yeah because you I I don't want to say everyone but I get this idea in my head that it has to be like I said formal yeah formal but it doesn't it can totally be informal and it doesn't have to be in your home it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be in privacy you can sit you know a wonderful way to meditate and it depends also what kind of person you are so Mm -hmm. if you're I'm a pitta in terms of the Ayurvedic medicine I don't know if you're familiar with that at all Um, to explain what a pitta is so pitta is a fire energy okay and we're all made up of various balances in terms of this um, Ayurvedic study or which is like the kind of medical science from India Mm-hmm. Um, we're all made up of elements, earth element, water element, fire element, air element. And we all have different proportions of that. Mm-hmm. Most people are a bit of a, you know, well, we're all a combination of it, but most people have one primary. Mm. So you kind of know in terms of body type um, and in terms of how you are in your personality mm-hmm. um, and even what kind of foods you like you can kind of get a sense of it so I'm a pitta which is a fire energy mm-hmm. um, so I love you know actually when I went to an Ayurvedic doctor in New York she was like don't do Bikram yoga then that's you know you've got so much fire in you already yeah that's the last yoga you ought to do but I said well there's not much into that because I've I love it you yeah. know it's my it's my preferred practice yeah so what I do to balance the fire is 
drink a lot of green juice, mm. eat a lot of cucumbers, um, have cooling foods, um, dress in, although I'm wearing red and blue today, um, but no, dress in, you know, I tend to dress in blues, greens, maybe darker colors. Mm -hmm. It's kind of rare for me to wear red, yellow, or orange. Yeah. Um, and that's not by conscious decision. I just notice that that's kind of, that happens yeah. automatically. My favorite color is blue. Mm. So for me, meditating in front of the sea is a really good thing. Mm. Balancing the fire with the water. And the sea is right there for you because right you live there. in Brighton. I yeah. Love it. Yeah. And, you know, another thing is just at the sky. Air is probably what I'm missing the most. I've got some earth. I've got, mm. you know, a lot of water and a lot of mostly fire. But, um, I think air is the least, you know, my least one that I have. And when I just, one of my favorite things is just lying down in the grass and looking at the sky or lying in the sand on the beach and looking at the sky. Mm -hmm. And that can be meditation. If you're just quiet with yourself and just take time to notice yourself, you can, I think, I think you get, I remember Georgia saying, um, Georgia Belizean in New York mm -hmm. after a class once saying in final Savasana when you've been practicing for a while all the answers to the big questions in life are revealed and it does that it, it happens I've had and you like you said earlier you had this idea in class you know mm -hmm. that's not that unusual and I don't think it's anything to feel bad about yes yeah. we're meditating but when you're meditating you can have some really aha moments, yeah. moments of inspiration um, or revelation um, or contemplation. I'll be honest, uh, in the Namaste Bitches podcast Facebook group, which you can join at any time, we did do a meditation challenge a while back, and this has inspired me to listening to BA, Bridget Ann, excuse me, uh, sometimes I call her BA, uh, listening to Bridget Ann talk about meditation has inspired me to try it again. I really appreciate it, how she talks about the fact that it doesn't have to be super formal, that she meditates five to 15 minutes a day and you know that fun fact that 20 minutes of meditation can equal one hour of sleep or if you're me 20 minutes of meditation leads you to fall asleep for one hour I'm only sort of joking there honestly it's uh, I'm inspired to try it again uh, moving forward, I asked B.A. about why the studio that she owns have changed their name from Bikram Yoga in the Lanes to Yoga in the Lanes. And we get into kind of the nitty-gritty of what's been going on in the Bikram Yoga community over the last couple years. If you do not know what that is, basically the man who created Bikram Yoga, Bikram Chowdhury, uh, faced several lawsuits for... Um, sexual assault and at the beginning of this year 2016 he was found guilty of one of them and had to pay punitive damages and it was all uh in a civil court so there's no jail time but he was found guilty in a court of law for uh sexual assault and it really uh has created a lot of uh unsettling feelings in the community i guess you could say and uh, B.A. and I talk about that a little bit, and I just really appreciate her openness and her uh, 
candor when it comes to this very, very delicate subject. And, um, you know, she still teaches Bikram yoga. I still teach Bikram yoga. We both love the practice. We've both gotten a lot from it. So, and I think it's very healing to talk about this sort of thing openly and how it's affected us all and how we as a community move forward. So, um, I just, I just wanted to warn you that's what sort of comes up in this next section and, uh, it's a very delicate subject and I think it's something that, uh, I really, I just really appreciate her talking about it with me. And, uh, yeah, so let's get back to it. And, uh, yeah, here we go. Here's B.A. You mentioned that you changed the name of your studio from Bikram Yoga in the Lanes to Yoga in the Lanes. Yes? Yes. Uh, what what prompted that uh, change? Um, well, the first thing was a, about a year ago. Bikram said, he called me and he said, I'd like to come down and teach for you. Oh, wow. And I was like, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Come, come, come. And I ran downstairs. I said, you're on Saturday, 5 p.m. Yeah. Um, And then I ran downstairs and I told Simon and he was like, hell no. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. He he said, no, absolutely not. We're going to have, you know, imagine what would happen in Brighton if Bikram came to teach here. There would be a protest. There would be. So this was after um, the Allegations. allegations have come out. Okay. It was a year ago. Yes. So, so yeah. And I just thought, well, that doesn't make sense. We have the name Bikram as part of our business. Like Mm. if they wanted to protest or have, you know, they'd be doing that out our front door. And I don't, it just, to me, it felt hypocritical to have the name and, and his picture hanging on the wall, but not invite him to come and teach. Yeah. And Simon was starting to recognize that our business was suffering as those allegations came out more right. publicly. And we weren't seeing, whereas a year previous to that, our new students were, you know, up increasing, increasing all the time yeah. or maintaining at least. Um, after the allegations started coming out, we were noticing fewer new students come. And I read on Facebook, there was a group page, I think it was the Brighton and Hove Yoga Tribe or something it's called. And there was a gentleman um, writing saying, oh, I'm looking for a yoga school in Brighton for my teenage son. And two or three of our students wrote saying, go to Bikram in the Lanes, go CBA and Simon. They're great with kids. They're great with teenagers. Such a cool environment. Fabulous teacher. You know, just very positive all mm-hmm. across the board. And the guy wrote back, there's no way I would send my son to a school, you know, named after a rapist. And I just, my heart just sank, you know, it was Mm -hmm. really heartbreaking to read that and hear that and feel like maybe people weren't coming to us because of the name. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, the business side of it, Simon looks over and he started saying, you know, yeah, our business, we need to do something if we're going to be here five years, 10 years down the line, we need to change something because right Mm -hmm. now it's going down. So then Mary Jarvis came to visit us in September and she travels the world, as you know, and teaches a lot, um, seminars and workshops. And she said, yeah, most of the schools that she's been to internationally that have offered the hour class, the express class, see higher numbers, see higher levels of attendance. Mm. And it's no big deal, you know, maybe to do that. And 
I was just like, I had been fighting tooth and nail about the express class for years, yeah. you know, and Simon had been saying, let's do the express. I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. We're a Bikram school. We teach 90 minutes. That's it. We don't change anything. We don't add anything. We don't leave anything out. And then when Mary said that and I realized, you know, that the well-being and longevity of our school was at risk, I thought, be flexible, BA, be open to the possibilities of change. You say that, but do you live that? Yeah. Um, when I teach, I say that all the time, but I felt like I could feel how stubborn I was being. Right. And not really open to that change. So hearing that from Mary, um, I thought it was worth trying. Mm. And she gave us, you know, what she thought was the best version of the hour class. If she said, if she taught it, can she I, doesn't. Can I ask what your version, because I've taken a couple hour versions and sometimes I'm like, this is awesome. And other times I'm like, I feel like. I haven't gotten started because it's built for 90 minutes, yeah. the whole thing. But we what- basically do one set of everything. Okay. There's cool. a few exceptions. The big poses, we yeah. do two sets of. But um, yeah, so you just do one set. So it doesn't really feel rushed. I've been in some where they try to do two mm-hmm. sets and it's just like, oh, you know, it's yeah. a bit too, too intense. Um, but I do recommend that all of our beginners do the full 90 minute class. Mm-hmm. I always recommend that if there's a student who's never done yoga before, or new to the practice. Um, and we've only put in five. So we've got 36 classes a week on our schedule, only five express classes. Okay. And they're none of them at prime times. They're yeah. all like lunchtime. Well, that's when you would want to take an as Most people, I think, are like, I'm yeah. going to yoga on my lunch break. I have a 90-minute yeah. lunch break, so I have a half hour to get there and back. Yeah. You know? And you so, still yeah. have to hustle to get that in. Yeah. So, so, yeah. I mean, it's what for us, it was a weird transition because for so many years, we, I was adamant that we weren't going to teach that. Mm-hmm. So some of the students came to me very confused and feeling a bit deceived yeah. and saying, well, what? Everything you've told us is a lie then? You know? Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm, this isn't for you. Those students that were saying that were coming here five days or are coming here five days a week or more, mm. um, you know, doing doubles often and it's great if you have the time do the 90 minutes without a doubt that's the best class but if you don't have the time or if you only have time for one class a week maybe you know you get to two classes a week if because the hour class exists yeah I always encourage students to do at least three classes a week so if they do two 90 minutes and one express class great they're getting the three in that's better than you know not so and some people we found a lot was with um single parents um Mm -hmm. or just parents in general but yeah people um who have kids and it's just so hard to you know you can't really leave people who are new mothers Mm -hmm. they just can't be away from the baby that long in the in the early days so for them they're kind of able to nurse come into yoga go back and you know um and and it works out so so yeah we still for us what's happened with the hour class is that more students gravitate to the 90 minutes Mm. appreciate the 90 minutes a few students who we hadn't seen in years came back to begin again and are able to do it only because that hour exists but our we see fewer people overall the attendance in the hour class is much lower than in the 90 minute class Mm. and the appreciation for the 90 minute class has gone way up oh cool but giving people the option of something else has been huge and so that so how did we come to the name change to come back to that as well we started teaching the hour class we started teaching mary jarvis gave me her sequence um which she travels the world teaching called shape-shifting and um, we call it yoga conditioning um i saw that on your uh uh, schedule. I was going to ask what that is. Yeah, go yeah. on. So um, shape shifting and yoga conditioning. It's the same thing. Um, 
Simon just didn't like the name shape-shifting. He thought maybe it, that... I think he thought maybe men wouldn't be into that and that women oh, I were. See that, yeah. I don't know. Like, what the... But well, it's, two things come to mind when you say shape-shifting. One, magic. Like, people who can shift from cool. people to animal. And two, uh, people who are trying to, like, build more on top and less on the bottom. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, people who aren't... Sometimes you don't want to lose weight. Sometimes you just want to change the shape of your body. Yes. You know what I mean? Well, someone said to me too, I like my shape. Why would I want to change it? Why would I want to shift yeah. it? You know? So there was this feeling of like, why do I need to mm. shift, shift my shape? You know? Yeah. So I don't know. That's just, but I, th- I don't know that yoga conditioning, you know, is really the best name either. I mean, it's, we don't see a lot of people in that class either, but, um, it's an amazing sequence. It is, it, she developed it after her car accident. Um, Okay. She was doing at that point two classes a day to heal herself for two years after nearly losing her life and Mm -hmm. practically being paralyzed. Um, Two classes a day for two years, not doing much because she was so limited with mobility. So she was getting a bit frustrated because the two classes a day didn't seem to be enough Mm -hmm. to get you know the 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 out of pain completely and the full range of motion back mm. there were still a few body parts that were stubborn yeah so she decided to do some homework mm-hmm. and she also calls it homework and um yeah this homework that she developed is targets the body parts um that are a little bit more stubborn and don't change as much okay so it does i mean you do i see people who do the class regularly i see their body shape change yes like yeah. you said maybe less on bottom more on top they get more definition in the shoulders um but there because the one thing that people often say that is lacking in the bikram yoga series is a uh, arms is arms mm-hmm. so is there more arms in yes this series? Okay. yeah yeah so we work towards um weight bearing in the hands okay and handstands just for listeners who have never done Bikram yoga there's no weight bearing in the hands when you do it it's it's a lot of lower body still work the arms you in do different ways. you do and I you know I for years I think you can go through the class and not work your arms mm-hmm. I mean to a degree you have to work your arms for sure you have to move them up over your head so many times again and again and again yeah. but you can do that without contraction in the muscles yeah um, and that's when people I think a lot of people do that and then don't see shifts in the shape of their arms. Yeah. And if you do work the contraction in the arms and actually moving into toe stand. When your arms are straight out like that, yeah. No, into toe stand when your hands are on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so a lot of people don't shift the body weight forward into their hands. Mm. They just come down with most of the weight on their leg, Mm. which puts most of the pressure on their knee. Yeah. Which is not correct mm. <laughs> you know that the posture is meant to be shift the body weight forward into your hands and lower yourself down and I've actually gone to I started maybe about two years ago having this idea about in the transition of toe stand instead of sitting down actually going into a handstand so put the hands on the floor with your you know foot up in tree position or half yeah. lotus and then just Go right up to a headstand. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not able to do that yet, but I think it might be in my future. I yeah. hope it's in my future because I've been thinking about it. And then when I went to Jared's teacher training in January, he actually had us do it. Oh, really? And he taught us. Yeah. And I was like, Jared, yes, brilliant. It's you know, I love that when you kind of have this idea and then somebody else has it, and you just realize, you know, like Mary said, we're all uniquely the same. Yeah. But we're all so much more connected than we realize. And Jared taught that, and there were there was one guy in the class who could do it. Actually, 
actually wow. two. Jared could do it and one other guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still on my way. But um, but no, so there's, you know, there's just using even the hands in transition from in the floor series. Mm-hmm. Every time you transition from a posture to savasana and from savasana to a posture, there's an opportunity to build arm strength yeah. if you use that transition wisely. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, but I think, yes, doing, it's not only arm balancing, but also inverting, getting your head all the way below your heart, which we also do in Bikram Yoga in a lot of different ways. But um, when you get your feet off the floor and do a proper handstand, which is not accessible to most people, um, there's a lot that can happen. And, and a lot of um, people have said that it's a it's an ancient secret of the fountain of youth mm-hmm. so but is it available to most people no because yeah. a lot of people have wrist stuff elbow stuff shoulder stuff collarbone stuff and they can't wait yeah. there or just the lack of awareness of how to be upside down I or don't know. how to do it safely yeah. that's the problem now that's happened is handstands have taken off all over the world people are loving them they want to do them and there's so many injuries because they're doing them wrong and they're right. kicking up into them without strength. They're going in with momentum um, and they're, they're sinking into you know their joints and they're not lifting and creating space. So yeah, this sequence um, that we're teaching is yeah gives people, I mean, some people can do the, the preparation for handstand with their feet on the floor. Other yeah. people do it with one foot on the floor, one foot on the wall. And then other people do two feet on the wall, both hands on the floor, Maybe one leg up in the air, one leg on the wall, and then eventually no wall, yeah. <laughs> you know, but little by little, incrementally, you build up and, and you build that strength. Um, so, yeah, it's a brilliant sequence. I love it. It's not only about shape-shifting physically. It is, like you said, about magic. I think there is an element to that as well. Um, it's about, and same thing with the handstand, is going out of your comfort zone. Mm. Re- doing something that you thought you're not capable of doing. Yeah. And then suddenly there you are doing it. That's a big deal. Um, and waking up and unblocking energy in the body. So there's simple exercises that um, efficiently unblock the energy channels or the main vortexes. Mm-hmm. Or um, This is from a book called The Ancient Secret of the Fountain of Youth by Peter Kelder. And it's called The Five Tibetans. And it's a brilliant sequence. Oh, cool. And it's accessible to everyone. Brilliant. Um, But there's a lot of weird stuff online about it. People Mm. who have taken it and changed it. So um, you just, again, want to be mindful of going to the source. Yeah, getting the right information. Yeah. Since uh, the allegations uh, against Bikram have come out and then were found true in a court of law, I feel like a lot of... Uh, teachers, our relationships have changed with either Bikram the man or Bikram the yoga series. And I'm just curious, how how has that affected you personally? Yes. Yeah, I can talk about that a little bit. And I also want to go back and just say a little bit more about how the name change happened because I didn't quite finish okay. that. Do you want to do that part first? Or? Yeah. Okay, yeah. let's go back and do that. So we started teaching yoga conditioning which Mm -hmm. is a 60 minute sequence without the heat and it's meant to be done as 
homework or you know little exercises that you can do before class or after class we do it um just twice a week yeah um as a class collectively but i see people doing it before and after class and i know some people who do it every day at home mm-hmm. themselves um so we started teaching yoga conditioning we started teaching the express class the hour class and my feeling about calling ourselves bikram in the lanes was like this is not what Bikram wants. I know if you're a Bikram school, it is supposed to be 90 minutes, 26 and two. Don't change anything. Don't add anything. Don't leave anything out. Yeah. So my loyalty to him and to the practice um, was compromised. Mm. And I just felt uncomfortable in myself a little bit and in, in what we were doing at the school. So then when I went to the teacher training for the JMY um, and we started teaching the JMY sequence in January, and then there was a third class that wasn't a victim. I was like, oh, really? And I started talking to Simon about our name change last fall mm. or even maybe last summer. And so I was like, let's just start thinking about it. What do we want to do? Get some ideas. And then in February this year, um, Bikram was found guilty. And when that verdict came out, I remember it was a Tuesday morning and I was notified pretty early in the morning and I just thought, we've got to change our name. Today's the day. And I went right to the school. I wasn't even due in, I think, until 11, but this was about 9 a.m. And I got in and I took the photos down off the walls um, and I was, you know, my heart was broken a little bit. It's not a good situation and there's just too many stories and and again, the associations of the name. And and so I thought, yeah, we've got to change our name. We thought about changing it to Yosiba, which is what our kind of legal name is. Yo for yoga, S-I for Simon, and B-A. Um, but I just felt like, one, it's kind of a weird word. <laughs> yeah. Two, it's not about us, you know? And it just didn't feel right. So, yeah, it came to me that morning yoga in the lanes so simple (laughs) that's what we do and that's where we are and yoga is everything it's not just funny poses so then the you know the feeling all of a sudden changed and all of a sudden I felt like free and open about these other classes that we were teaching and and I people had been asking me for a while to teach meditation um, which freaked me out when I was first asked that. I thought, yeah. but I teach Bikram yoga and that is a mo- moving meditation and just get it in there. You don't have to get yeah. it anywhere else, you know. But little by little, I started realizing uh, and very much through my own meditation that I had a responsibility mm-hmm. or I have a responsibility to share what I know, to share whatever wisdom I've gained from my own experiences. And it's been... 21 years now that I've been practicing yoga. Wow. <laughs> which is um, more than half of my life. Yeah. So, you know, that is, yeah, over the years, a lot, as you know, I've experienced a lot and, and I'm and I wanna, and I'm excited about sharing more. And um, the difficulty in the name change, and certainly with all the allegations and shifts in, in the Bikram community, um, is what you had mentioned earlier, which was the kind of dissolution, is that the right word, of the community? Yeah, I think I think that might be the right word. Yeah. There's it's just 
the, so before, part of what I was so excited about with Bikram Yoga um, was the community. Yeah. And I know my dad, when I when I did my teacher training back in 2006, my dad thought I was going off to join the Moonies. Yeah. I don't really know. I think the Moonies were a cult or something. Yeah, they were. Really they know, were. But it's just like, you're going to join the Moonies. And I was like, you know, and then after I graduated and I came back to Chicago to visit my mom and dad and I showed him my scrapbook, my yearbook, um, and he saw all the photos of 250 people from all over the world um, and how many we had like over 35 countries represented at our teacher training mm-hmm. and everyone's photograph and phone number and email and he got it you know he mm. was like oh this isn't a cult this and maybe you know in terms of the actual rules it is I don't know when you read the definition it's okay actually maybe but it's not I mean it's it's not because it's what he was saying is you've bought in to an international network and that price for teacher training is a steep one now I know when I first was looking and considering teacher training it was two thousand dollars and now it's like ten thousand dollars yeah but I've always you know thought and when over- you went could you still cover your own accommodation did you go to an LA one I did go to LA yeah okay. and it was um, at the original well not the original school but the one on it La Cienega was, okay it was still yeah See, I, I went in Acapulco, Mexico, so I went, okay. I went to one of the expensive ones. Right. Yeah. 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 No choice yeah. to no stay choice. in the hotel. You had to stay in the hotel. Yeah. yeah. And at the time in L.A., that training, you were supposed to stay in their housing. That mm-hmm. was a rule as well. They had separate housing where they would bus people from the school to their apartments. Mm. I think it was about a half an hour drive. Um, and I couldn't afford it. I couldn't afford the, the teacher training, period. Um, you know, the only reason I really went to teacher training finally after six years of practicing was that in 2005, Bikram had said to me after saying this almost for about three years in a row, how's your teaching going? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a teacher, boss. Yeah. But he'd look at me. He was like, what? How? Like? And literally about three years in a row, he'd say that. So 2005, he said, how's your teaching going? I'm still not a teacher, boss. Oh, well. I don't think you're going to ever be one then, because if you really wanted to be one, you would have already come, you know? Oh, there's that's a way to light a fire under anyone's ass right there. Yeah. Just be like, oh, well, then you'll never be one. Well, and it was, he's, you know, I said, I don't have the time and I don't have the money. Right. But we all make that excuse for ev- anything, right? Yeah. None of us have the time and none of us have the money. If I ever see somebody out on the street, oh, I haven't seen you in yoga in a while. I'm so sorry. I just don't have the time and I don't have the money. Mm. And those are bullshit excuses, really, I think. I mean, you you make the time and the money comes if you want it enough. So I didn't have the time, I didn't have the money. So then I changed my mind as soon as he said that, because that's kind of how my mind works. If you tell me I can't do something, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Um, so I, I produced a show in New York and Donna and Jen helped uh, me advertise that. Yeah. And you know, um, one of our students who is a theater director, an artistic director, lent the theater to me. It was a one night only, it was pay what you can. And I raised over $2,000. Yeah, and then um, Donna and Jen, because I had been their manager for five plus years. Donna and Jen, who uh, own Bigram Yoga NYC, which is where BA and I met 
for those yes. of you listening. Yeah. That's where it all began. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to teacher training by raising the money through fundraising and um, was blown away. And then Don and Jen gave me a bonus for mm. the rest of it, um, which was huge. That's and you know, so kind of them. So kind. And through my teacher training, I anytime that I was having a hard time, I just thought about the students at Bikram NYC and how they and the teachers um, and the only reason that I was there was because of them. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I had to represent them and they were carrying me the days that I couldn't really pick myself up. Um, so that was huge. Talking to Bridget Ann just really reinforces what a strong community of uh, being a Bikram yoga instructor is. It's actually pretty cool. You can go all over the world, meet other instructors, and the, like there you are, your family. I was just in Ireland uh, a couple weeks ago and just walked into a studio and said I was a teacher, and they were like, "Hey, do you want to teach?" Which is just a really cool thing. And uh, if you want to be a part of that, I mean, you don't have to go get certified, but definitely go to Yoga in the Lanes, visit BA, take her class, take Simon's class, uh, get involved. It's a great thing. Uh, I am not teaching currently on a regular schedule right now, but I do every once in a while uh, teach classes at Bikram Yoga Highbury Islington. If you want to know about any comedy shows I have coming up, see what I did there? See, that's cool segue. Um, check out my website, abigalia.com. Uh, a couple things I have monthly going on. I now host a new material night with my bestest friend in the world, James Leverage, uh, the first Monday at every, of every month at Camden Comedy Club. The first Thursday of every month, I'm up at the Bohemia in North Finchley hosting a show up there that is always amazing please go check that out and in november i will be at the nottingham comedy festival doing a work in progress of my upcoming edinburgh show which will probably be about fitness so come to the nottingham comedy festival i will be there tuesday november 8th that's election day very scary exciting day um, come visit me. All the information and how to get tickets is on my website, abigalia.com. Okay, enough plugs. Let's get back to Bridget Ann. When we changed the name, I got really... Um, well, I, I think what first happened was I asked... I asked um, Georgia if she would come and teach for us this year Mm. and I was worried still at the beginning of this year a little bit about the longevity of our school and she's when I you know she asked if we were teaching anything else and I said no we were teaching the hour class Um, and she said she wouldn't come and teach for me because Mm. we were doing that so she's also very very loyal to Bikram and you know um, I think really heartbroken about the the shift you know that's happened in the community and all that's going on. Um, so that, I mean, I just thought, oh my gosh, my yoga mama won't come to my yoga school because I'm not just teaching 90 minutes, 26 and two. And again, I just felt like so sad, like this relationship that I had had with her that was really positive. And, you know, I still have so much love for her and I'm sure she does for me too. But because of this thing, it's a different relationship. And mm. it just, it felt like there was a separation and, um, and it was sad so yeah so there was so when we did decide to change the name I was a bit 
for sure I was I think I was more stressed than I realized mm. part of me was super happy about it and just really like yes this is the right thing it feels absolutely right and free and another part of me felt like I'm no longer going to be part of this great big community mm-hmm. that I so have always been like a big defining part of who I am even after all these years so um and then there were questions from our students saying well how do we know if you just call it hot yoga how do people know that it's actually Bikram yoga because hot yoga can be anything yeah and a lot of people travel the world and do these hot yoga classes and they're weird and they're not that effective and they're you know if they're true Bikram yogis they're like disappointed they've gone to a school they've paid money they've you know put their shorts on and spent however long in the hot room and haven't come out feeling as wonderful as they can feel if yeah. they do the 26 and do in 90 minutes. It's so simple. Um, but, you know, I just thought, again, the association with the name, it wasn't about, it wasn't even about the actual reality. You know, the re- it is. I mean, to a degree, it is about that. But to a degree, part of, there were two sides to it. Okay, so part of it was about the actual situation and, um association with rape and knowing that people come to our yoga school to heal emotionally physically and mentally um and i didn't want to have anyone that perhaps had been raped or sexually abused or harassed in their life that wouldn't come to our yoga school to heal Mm -hmm. i want as many people in the world as possible to heal yeah you know that's it and to feel better and to feel more love and less pain so i we had to make that decision in order to um and it was a scary decision to do because when we opened our school the name served us yeah and people were drawn to us and they were coming to brighton i mean one i had a woman who used to teach for us and she said she only moved to brighton because we were here. Oh wow! <laughs> she she said she was choosing between Bristol and Brighton because there were there were Bikram schools in both. Yeah, and um, you know they decided on Brighton and came to us. So you know, yeah, people. I I've had students come through. They plan their holidays. They tour the world based on where the Bikram schools are. Yeah, you know, and they go from one to one to one. And now that's getting harder and harder to do because everybody's changing their name. Yeah. So how do you find the Bikram schools? Um, and and then if if you don't have Bikram in on the web page somewhere I think the Google search doesn't f- if you put in like Bikram Brighton and we don't have Bikram anywhere on our website then people can't they Find don't see it. us yeah. so you actually have to I think there is somewhere in our page I don't know if it's kind of yeah. buried or something but there is somewhere where it says Bikram um, and Simon and I both kind of went head to head on that because I was like I don't want it anywhere I don't want the pictures on the wall I don't want this I just you know what it's in my heart now that's where it is mm-hmm. my loyalty is still there to him my respect and appreciation for him is still there I'm broken hearted about the situation um, but I do believe in forgiveness mm-hmm. and I do believe in um, you know that's we all are on our own path And that one of the things when you asked me for a piece of advice earlier that came to me that I was thinking about was to be grateful for pain. And that can be emotional pain and that can be physical pain and that can be whatever it is, psychological pain. But we all go through this in our life. And really, Emmy Cleves was, you know, saying so much about how much there is to learn 
pain has something to teach us mm -hmm. if we listen, if we give ourselves that chance to hear it. Um, not to be in pain, but to get as close to it as possible and listen to it and have respect for it. So I think my relationship with Bikram has changed. Yes, it has. I felt like it started changing the last time I did the international yoga championships i went out to represent the uk internationally in 2014 mm -hmm. i think was it 2016 now yeah i think it was 2014 and sadly bikram's mother died oh, that yeah. year i remember that and i went to i had um placed 11th in the world so i didn't make the top 10 but i and the top 10 have to um compete or get to compete yeah. <laughs> get to represent and do their um demonstration on the sunday mm. and we all go on the saturday so saturday night having placed 11th i was kind of excited to be able to go have a burrito and a margarita yeah um, having having eaten raw food and green yeah. juice for Training like months done. you know yeah. yeah it's like okay um but it was funny because that first sip of margarita tasted terrible it was so yeah. gross but the third sip tasted great yeah so, <laughs> it, it like, comes back quick it, it was like i was 14 back. again or yeah. something you know and this is what yoga does it changes you and renews you so you mm. can really feel you know how um like a child again in yeah. a lot of ways and your body will tell you simon said this earlier to a new student coming in saying you know the diet your diet will evolve naturally when you do bikram yoga because you your body will ref start to refuse the foods that you don't yeah. aren't good for you. Well, as you know, I uh, am a stand-up comedian, so my uh, diet can easily be awful because I'm just out late at night and there's always alcohol around. But I haven't done a 30-day challenge in years. And as soon as I started coming to yoga daily again, uh, I, my, I was just like, I don't want a beer tonight. I was like, but you want a beer every night, but I don't want one now, you know? Always working. Always working. <laughs> um, is yes, it okay no, if we I talk for 15 more minutes? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm happy cool. to. I love okay, talking to cool. you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's funny. And I do. I drink I drink ale. Um, I don't really drink spirits very much because, mm. again, they just don't taste as good yeah. anymore. Um, yeah, I that's what that's the craving that's gone away. I think beer, because it's got wheat in it, there's something about it that's really English nice. English beer. English yeah. beer, not American yeah, beer. Yeah, not American beer. Uh, English beer. But... Uh, but yeah, my my taste for spirits is not as strong as it, it was twenty five days ago. Yeah, isn't it interesting? Yeah. And the carbonation is is not really good. That's also something that's not great for us mm. physically. Um, and the amount of sugar as mm. well, of course. Yeah. So you know, there's and and acidity for, is something that you know is can create quite a lot of inflammation yeah. and problems in the body. So um, the first one to go for me was actually wine. Okay. And that was sad because yeah. wine is like such a cultural experience, especially, you know, well, all the time wine. with friends, yeah. with, you know, family. When you go traveling. to someone's for dinner, you take a bottle yeah, of wine. You yeah. bring a bottle of wine and people give it as gifts. Yeah. Um, champagne was right there with wine. Mm. No more champagne. No more. No more wine for me. Um, and I kept pushing it for a while when it when I when my body started refusing it. I said, "Well, I'll just keep trying." Mm. <laughs> my, I'm not a champagne drinker, but these last 25 days, that's what I want is like oh, prosecco. Really? I don't yeah. know why. Maybe it's because it is sweet. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's, but anyway. if it's really cold and really yeah. fresh, and it tastes yeah. really good. Yeah, but um. But my so when when Bikram's mother died, if we go back to that, yeah. so 2014, I was out in LA, um, 
going out for a margarita and a, and a burrito. And with that, I get a phone call, or my friend Jefferson Parker I was with gets a phone call from Bikram saying, hey, come over. I'm lonely. Come and see me. And um, Jefferson's like, well, I'm here with BA. And he's like, great. Yeah, bring her. Come. So we go to his house and, um, and you know, it was it was... Yeah, I mean, it was a sad kind of scenario. I hadn't really seen Bikram that sad before. Um, mm. And he had he had this picture of his mother, this 8 by 10 photograph that was everywhere in the house. And um, it was really good to be with him that night. Mm. And it just felt like it felt right. And it was a very different... Um, Bikram than I had seen before and we walked a little bit in his garden and he was looking at the leaves and the flowers and you know really seeing the beauty in that mm -hmm. and um, just like you know not talking the talk that we all kind of are familiar with yeah. and seeing in public but this this very private side of him and as I'm prone to do I kind of say say it like it is sometimes mm -hmm. And there were there were things already going on, you know, with the allegations and stuff at that point. So I said to him, it was just he and I in the kitchen at this moment. And I said to him, um, you know, boss, I just want to thank you because I remember when I first started Bikram Yoga, I didn't like looking in the mirror. I didn't want to see myself. And I'd hide behind people and, you know, do everything I could not to look at myself. Because you can't hide from anything in that room. And there was a lot of darkness um, in my life at that point. There, were, there was psychological darkness, my own mental patterns that were negative. Mm. Um, I was in a relationship that was... Um, abusive slightly at that time um i don't know slightly how do you define abuse right? mm. <laughs> um um and yeah there was a lot i you know didn't want to look at i'm sure i was drinking too much at that time and not being very good to my body in terms of diet mm -hmm. and um and life choices and so i didn't want to look at any of that and but through the practice looking in the mirror changing my lifestyle so that I could look in the mirror, mm -hmm. you know, having developing the courage to look at these parts of myself that I didn't like was huge and seeing, you know, that when I was in the yoga room, I was lit up. I saw my light. I saw truth. I saw myself, my highest self, mm -hmm. the best version of myself. That was after maybe about two years and a hundred day challenge. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the hundred wow, day challenge. Day challenge. A, yes. Wow. Yeah. So the 30 days tends to be physical mainly. Yeah. And then if you carry on to the next 30, then you start to go into the psychological a little bit more. Yeah. And then the next 30, if you go on beyond that, you start to go into the emotional, spiritual. Mm. Um, and it is, you know, it is amazing for me the hardest days in the challenge were 40 to 60 mm. when it was the psychological because that's where my my patterns the most negative patterns for me were my mental patterns of self-judgment um looking in the mirror and not liking what i saw mm -hmm. um and yeah so that that was the hardest to break but then after i got past day 60 that was easy the yeah. rest of it was just like flying and it like being carried through the class yeah but I, yeah so i said that to bikram that day i said look you know i just want to thank you because you look in the mirror and you see your truth 
And if you have not been good to yourself, or if you've not been good to someone else, you know that. Mm. And you see that, and you learn to forgive yourself, and you move on, and then you make better choices in life. <laughs> I mean, I literally said that to him, like, one-on-one, -on -one, and then I kind of thought, did I just say that, you know, and yeah. kind of quietly walked away. And he just kind of listened, you know, he uh -huh. did. He looked at me, and he closed his eyes, and he just listened. And then we went, you know, on the sofa and back with Jefferson and watched the movies and, you know, um, into the wee hours, as you do. Yeah. And, um, and then we looked through a lot of photographs um, of his students over the years of, you know, hundreds and probably, you know, there's more than that, you know, of course, thousands of people that he's healed and helped. Mm -hmm. And I think for him, he needed maybe to see that, to be reminded of what good he did, because mm -hmm. there were so many reminders of, you know, the bad, yeah. and the bad press and the bad. And he always said that negative energy is more powerful than positive energy. So that, that draw to, you know, yeah, see what's not right. Um, is very easy and especially if you're experiencing depression or not that he was necessarily but having just lost his mother there's certainly a period of grief yeah. so we're th you know when we're in a stage of vulnerability um, I think those tendencies to go more to the darkness are just right there and um, it takes a lot of self-control and willpower and I think a big deal on his part that he reached out and called you know to reach out to a friend Jefferson yeah. and say hey can you come I'm lonely yeah and you know to be able for me and for Jefferson and I to be able to go and do that also it felt like service it was like yes I can go be there um, I have clear boundaries you know about my how I am I felt so bad I had a little bit of green on my leggings that oh, night no. I wasn't planning to see him you know so I kept trying to cross my legs and like so he couldn't see that I had green on my yeah. leggings because he's got that funny thing but um but yeah so after we changed the name, um, I mean, really, after we said that he, when we told him we didn't want him to teach for us a year ago, mm -hmm. I was scared that that would be the change in the relationship um, and that he wouldn't really want to be friends anymore. But he, but he didn't, you know, he does forgive, I think, and forget and moves on. Yeah. And it's not an easy thing to do, but it was, I think he understood. He has a lot of respect for myself and for Simon, and um, he could feel my heart and he could understand Simon's mind. Yeah. Because it was the business mind that was making the decision on Simon's part, and it was my heart that was making the decision when I said yes. Mm -hmm. You know, so then that's why Simon and I are such a good pair, I think. Yeah. We kind of, you know, and more and more, I'm getting the business mind. Well, we've been together 10 years, and Simon's getting, you know, the yogic heart. And yeah. it's, it's really, you know, it's uh, coming to that place of balance um, over the years. So I was, I, I, I sent a, a student to his teacher training in the fall. I was going to ask you, do you still. I don't it, know. Think it's a good idea for people to go to Bikram teacher training, not not because they're in any danger or anything like that, but just like is it is it as viable as it was when I you don't. and I went? You know, I really don't know. Mm. I we the whole community I think is in a very very much a period of transition. I've heard of a lot of schools, especially in London now, that are teaching um, different classes. Yeah, and the studio I practice at is still called Bikram Yoga. But they offer force, vinyasa, jiva mukti. Canary Wharf, is that? High uh, uh, in Islington. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I've heard about that, and I've heard from students saying they're confused. Yeah. And the teachers saying they're frustrated. 
because the students not having a regular practice of one style are not improving as much as they used to. Mm. Where, whereas before there was this, you know, overall, you learn to lock your knee little by little, and then you learn to, you know, kick your leg out. And once you've got both legs locked, then you can bend your elbows. And when elbows are down, then you head. Because well, that progression isn't happening because they're doing, they're not, they're maybe doing the Bikram yoga once a week, and then they're doing Jiva Mukti once a week, and then they're doing this once a week, and they're doing this, and they want to cycle, and they want to dance, and they want to do swimming, and all that. And it's like great. Then you're not going to really improve in any of those things. Yeah. So um, I feel, yeah, it's. Um, it's a it's a period of transition for the teachers, mm. kind of figuring out how to work with these changes. It's a big period of transition for the school owners to figure out what students want, um, what students need, and what the business needs to survive. Mm. Um, for us right now, we just had, I think, the best April that we've ever had. Good for you. It was definitely scary in January and February and March. <laughs> that was like, oh, what do we do? We do the right thing or yeah. not? Because um, they were probably the worst that we've had. Okay. So, you know, it all balances out, of course. But, um, but yeah, I think, you know, the, right now the feeling at our school is vibrant. Our classes are busy. Um, more and more students are coming. Still the JMY and the yoga conditioning and the express class see probably on average you know 10 or less people mm -hmm. um so it's it's difficult to as a school owner even keep those classes on the schedule because mm -hmm. they're just not you know we'll see 20 to 40 people in a bikram class easily yeah so the the bikram series is accessible it's um effective it's simple mm -hmm. and then these other classes they actually you know they're the jmy raises the bar so you're going to see postures maybe that you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. um, I know when we were doing mock classes at our teacher training, one of the young teachers um, decided to teach her a posture that she had invented. And, oh, wow. and it was really cool. It was, it, yeah. was like, it was like warrior, but with eagle arms. So you do like the setup for triangle pose. Okay. And then do eagle arms. Okay. Well why? Why? Right? Why? What's the point? Where, where, I mean, where, where's your body? Do you still your lower body? No, your no. lower body is the triangle, and then you pose, stay straight in the center, spine straight, and arms Hands forward. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you know why not? I guess yeah. is the question. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Why not? Why? Why not? You know, yeah. and it's so. The, I think you know with the with the hot yoga series twenty six and two classic Bikram ninety minutes. It is, you know, yes, the why is so clear. The yeah. answer is so clear because it works. Yeah. Because it's simple, because it's effective. I think it's necessary in order to improve health and vitality. And it and it doesn't let you hide from anything, whether yeah. it's there's psychological pain, there's emotional pain. If it's pain that you've put on someone else, you notice that, you see that. If it's pain you've been gone through yourself, been a victim of, you can heal from that. Mm. Um, so again, I think it's the most effective sequence. What has what has transitioned since doing the JMY um, are my abdominals <laughs> for what good for you my hips which I for years um, believed I had tight hips I still do but I'm cha I'm starting to change that thought if someone goes on to BA's Instagram and looks at any of her yoga pose you'll be like she doesn't have tight anything <laughs> <laughs> your your poses are like you, what you're able to do with your body oh. is so beautiful that it's like I, I like the idea that you're like I have tight hips well Woman I mean who did half of, over 
over half this interview just sitting in Lotus. <laughs> Go on. Georgia, when I first started, she says, you know, she said BA had no strength. No, she said, yeah, she said she had no strength and no flexibility. Yeah. And I kind of looked at her and I put my hand up and I said, Georgia, I had some flexibility. Yeah. And she said, no, you didn't. You know, she said, you really didn't. You had a little bit of strength. She said, no, you actually didn't. But you, what you had, B.A., was mental strength. Mm. So it's funny because I just remembered Raja Shree saying, make your greatest weakness your strength. Mm. And I said earlier about the mind stuff, it is, you know, like my mind is my, is my greatest asset, is my strength. But it could also be my weakness at times. So I've, you know, I'm learning over the years to, to flip those habits and change those habits. And um, it, it happens gradually, little by little. But yeah, one of these little mantras, which is a repetitive phrase, if you're not familiar with that word, but it's, um, I have tight hips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you think that, you're going to have that. Yeah. And, you know, if I think I can't go to teacher training because I don't have the time, I don't have the money, five, six years are going to go by and yeah. you're not going to go to teacher training. But as soon as I change the thought, I created the time, I created the money, and it came to me. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I've started, I think because of the JMY, I've started, it was difficult in the beginning to practice without the mirror, practice without the heat, but take it away practice with music sometimes I mean the first time I practiced with music I was in San Francisco and this is years ago I was horrified I was like oh, how dare you you yeah. know it was kind of one of those like the teacher I think it was an adva- it was an advanced class yeah. and um, and the teacher was playing music and I just thought how can you do yoga and listen to music like yeah. that's not really connecting with yourself that's connecting with this music last night I had a student say to me BA you've changed when I saw you in December, you were a totally different person. And now you're so much lighter. Mm. Um, and it's true. I think, you know, and Jared's school, funnily enough, is called the Lighthouse. Mm. And there is, there's this lightness that has come since um, I've, you know, I if I sign up for something, I'm in full tilt. Yeah. And it was, like I said, difficult to go and not have the heat and not have the mirror and be in a construction site as we were for, you know, two weeks. It's not no longer. Now it's a beautifully completed studio. But, you know, there were all these things. And you learn to let go or, you know, there, there's this process. I think we had a class where we did like an eight minute pigeon Oh Jesus! Yeah, and 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 I set up with my shin parallel to the top of my mat, and I had blocks on either side because my hips are so tight that I can't actually sit like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like yeah. there's not even an option. So I had blocks, you know, to kind of prop myself up so I could have my back leg behind me. And the other thing that tends to happen is the back hip, the extending leg behind you, will turn out. Mm. So you have to keep that hip down and the pelvis parallel. So I set up like that. And then at the person on either side of me, the yogi on either side, looked at me and they said, well, you're brave. You know, everybody else is doing it with the leg in, the heel in, close to the hip and the knee forward. And I've been doing that for years and I still have tight hips. So yeah. I thought, if I'm here, I might as well try to change this. I yeah. think I'm ready for it. And um, yeah, after about four minutes, um, well, actually, the first day, we did it twice. So the first day that we had to do this, Afterwards, about five minutes after, my inner thighs from my knee all the way up to my groin on both legs were spasming. And there was no pain, but they were just shaking mm. like an epileptic fit. 
And um, I was kind of lying down and looking at my legs and the people next to me again were like, are you okay? I said, I'm okay. Mentally, emotionally, I'm fine. But my body seems to be going through something right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just watching it and about five minutes it passed. Hmm, that's interesting. Okay. And then two days later, this teacher, Erin, um, who's an amazing teacher in New York, um, her Instagram is Erin Body Aware. She's definitely worth looking into. She's she's got so her posts are really inform- informative and inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was teaching the class, and she teaches at the Lighthouse School as well. Um, and she said, "Okay, we're going to do hips. This three hour hip hip class." And I thought, "No, no, 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 no. We had been told we were doing shoulders that day. So yeah. we, we did hips on Tuesday. We're today's shoulders." And she's like, "No, uh, we're doing hips." It's like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? I don't. I was freaking out, yeah. you know, emotionally, mentally, thinking, how am I gonna do this? Set up for pigeon. Here we go, another eight minute pigeon on either leg, eight minutes. <sighs> so with that one, pretty early on, my bottom lip started trembling, and then my breathing started getting really heavy, and then tears just started streaming down my face. And then snot just started pouring out my nose, and then and then a box of tissue showed up, and then the next thing I know, a, a, an empty box of tissue that was full of dirty tissues, you know, and then another box of tissue showed up, and you know the students and other fellow trainees around me were just amazing, and I don't I don't know I couldn't really see anything at that point except these tissue boxes coming you, and going. You, did you were you able to hold it? Oh yeah, I was oh. holding the posture. Yeah yeah yeah. But I mean, I started like wailing. Yeah. And this would not be appropriate really in a yoga class, of course. But in a teacher training, um, these things crazy happen. things happen. Yeah, <laughs> these things happen. A lot of crying. A lot of crying. Yeah, and it doesn't have to. And you know, I remember people saying, "But I didn't cry. I wanted to cry." It's like, well, great, good for you. Yeah. You know, if you don't, you don't need to. You don't need to. And if you need to, you will. Yeah. Um, but it's it's. I think in my letting go, I started having flashes. I had a flash of. Um, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder about eight years ago called interstitial cystitis. And when I had my cystoscopy, um, they put a camera up, you know, know, and um, take photographs. And I I was so excited about the photographs. I was like, can you take pictures of all my organs? I want to see it. So cool. And I could see that my bladder was covered in ulcers. So it really made sense. I was like, oh, that's why I've been in so much pain for all these years. Thanks. Now I can start healing myself. And um, at that point, after that surgery, I had the longest break from Bikram yoga that I'd ever had, which was three weeks. Um, And at the end of those three weeks... Nothing was better. I was in more pain mentally, emotionally, and physically. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go back to yoga. I was worried. You know, I was worried that maybe the yoga was hurting it and so mm. hurting me in some way. And I, you know, I think we go through these things sometimes when we have an injury and we were concerned that yoga is maybe making it worse. Mm-hmm. But what we have to remember is often yoga makes something worse before it makes it better. And you do have to go through it. Um, but there's that really important bit about not going through sharp pain, getting yeah. close to it, but not pushing through it, mm. getting to the threshold of pain, but not crossing the line. Yeah. Um, so, that was like, uh, you were talking about, um, uh, the changes that you're going through and then you touched on your autoimmune, uh, is it a disorder? 
Is yeah. That the word? Oh, about about the hip opener. About thing. the hip opener. Yeah. So, um, so I started having flashes of my surgery, mm. and I was out. I stayed out overnight. I was unconscious during the surgery, but I literally had flashes of what they were doing. And when I when I did come to in the morning, I noticed I was covered in bruises um, on my inner thighs, and. Um, I didn't really question it at all, you know. I just thought I'd never had a surgery like that before. I don't know, but but when you're under, um, you're there. There's no resistance, and you know, I don't know. I I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know how much of that was a real vision, or how much of that was my emotional maybe trauma or physical trauma that I'd gone through that was coming out. Mm-hmm. But um, there was certainly something there that was releasing mm-hmm. um, from that experience, and. Um, and yeah, and I did have some flashes of Bikram as well, um, and it was it was this flushing. It was like it was like camel pose. You know, you do camel and mm-hmm. sometimes have a lip tremble or a feel nauseous or feel dizzy or feel anxious or angry. Um, and yeah, it was like I haven't actually had those feelings in camel or after camel for years. Yeah. I've been in bliss after camel for years. Yeah. I love it. It's like my favorite pose. I want to do three sets every class. I want to do a minute camel every class and feel this ecstasy and this bliss and this joy and this pure light. But um, but it was good to remember what the beginner feels like. Yeah, and, right? Yeah, go back. So there's, you know, I think after you've been doing, because it is a beginner's yoga sequence, for those people who've been practicing, I'd say two to five years, um, there's an opportunity for something else. It's not necessary for general health and vitality, but if you have an interest and if you have a desire to go further, meaning maybe you want more upper body strength, Mm -hmm. maybe you want more open hips, or maybe there's deeper psychological, emotional healing to be done. Mm -hmm. There is that opportunity for it. And you do, it's not necessary. Most people, yeah, can go through their life day in, day out and carry these, you know, things with us from mm-hmm. the past, emotional trauma in the body. But ultimately, that emotional trauma will create disease. Mm. And generally, it happens in our elderly years. And that's, and, you know, and that's what goes. But, but yoga gives you the opportunity to let go. And if it's something, I remember Aaron saying this as well, that some of the pain in our body is just physical pain is yeah. from a bump or a fall or you know an injury overuse underuse but some of the pains she said are karmic and that means like they're from a past life perhaps or they're our ancestors pain mm. so we can carry some of this stuff from our family from our parents from our grandparents from you know who knows how far back and if we're carrying that you know, good luck. <laughs> good yeah. luck getting rid of that in this lifetime. That's yeah. a big deal, um, and probably not an option for most of us. Yeah. But it depends, you know, how often you practice and and what kind of if you have the desire to try to face that or look at it, um, and and the discipline and the willpower to practice enough mm-hmm. um, to get rid of it. So for me, it's really exciting because I got to a place. Um, after 15 years of doing Bikram yoga where I was really happy and um, in a lot of ways and felt like, okay, I just need to maintain now. And that's what Bikram talks about. You know, you get to a point and it's the maintenance and it's the hard part. It's a Mm -hmm. lifetime practice to maintain. Yeah. 
And for me, part of that was practicing less. Yeah. Vikram actually told me to do not to practice every day. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Which I'd never heard him say before yeah. to anyone. To ev- anyone, ever. ever. Yeah, he was no. like, it's too much for you. You're getting too skinny. It's not a good look. You know, you, <laughs> you need to eat more food and do less yoga. Mm. So... And I was a month before um, a month before the yoga championships. Yeah, thirty days before championships, he's telling me to eat more food and do less yoga. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "That's how I train for championships." Yeah. Okay, yeah. boss, I guess. And you know, I started to eat more food and, and practice every other day. And um, my husband was so happy because I started to get some curves back again, a yeah. little yeah. bit. Um, and you know, and I was feeling better. I was feeling healthier. My autoimmune disorder was less painful. You know, mm. it was there was a lot that was shifting and improving through that. So yeah, I think at a certain point, you know, in the early stages of your practice, it's so important to go every day, really, yeah. and and do the daily challenge. You know, try to do the hundred day challenge at some point. Yeah. Maybe if you have that desire, definitely like you're doing the 30 day challenge. Brilliant. That's accessible. Um, the 100 day challenge isn't necessarily accessible to everybody, but its benefits are profound. Yeah. So, um, but yes, if you have, you know, the ability and the desire to go further, some of these advanced postures will will change you in that way. Mm-hmm. Um and you have to be really careful. My concern with the JMY was the injuries. Yeah. Because um, yeah, I think a lot of people at the end of the training were in pain. Yeah. And I wasn't. I wasn't in pain physically. But when I went to Georgia's class the next day and I saw how skinny I was again, I thought, oh, my gosh. I looked in the mirror. I was like, ah. I went to the diner and I ordered like two breakfasts. Yeah. And, you know, it's <laughs> like, OK. So it's about balance. You don't want to, you know, yeah, go too far in any direction. But um, but definitely I'm I'm excited about what's happening with the people who have started doing the JMY series here. Um, If anyone has any kind of upper, you know, shoulder, elbow, wrist, hip, knee, or ankle injury, I don't recommend they do that class. I recommend they do the Bikram series, again, because it's safe and accessible and the heat is, you know, makes it so in a lot of ways. Um, But if you've been practicing two to five years and your body or and or your body is in good health um, and you have that desire to do more advanced postures, then it's a brilliant thing because it, you know, yes, the shifting happens Mm -hmm. physically, mentally, emotionally. We end this podcast on plugs. Uh, BA talks about uh, the yoga retreat that her and Simon led over the summer. You missed it. It happened. You can't go now. I didn't get this out early enough. My apologies. But they are still doing open windows at their studio. The next one is November 11th, which is my birthday. I'll be in Scotland doing comedy then, so I can't go. But you can if you hop down to Brighton. Go to the website yogainthelanes.com, and it'll give you all the information about that. And if you you can't make open windows at the very least if you find yourself in brighton please go take a class with ba or simon i promise you won't regret it talking to ba it was like a flow we were just going in and out of all different conversations and coming back to things and going away from them and i again i just really appreciate how open and candid she was about parts of our community that are 
you know, issues that are quite sensitive and I feel like are hard to talk about in a public forum. But, you know, she went there and she's fearless and amazing. And I really appreciate that. I'd love your feedback about this episode. Go to Namaste Bitches Podcast Facebook group. You can join that. Talk to me there. Or you can rate and review the podcast on iTunes if you like. So please go to iTunes, rate and review us. Uh, Join the Facebook group. And let's get back to this last bit of the podcast. Here we go. All right, we do have to wrap up, um, but the, I, I have to have you back because I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface. You're so fascinating to talk to. Before we uh, sign off, though, I just your uh, studio is so great, and you're such an amazing teacher. And I want everyone to, whenever they pass through Brighton, to come and check you guys out at Yoga in the Lanes. And you also have some cool things coming up at your studio. Yes. Um, you have open windows and you have a yoga retreat coming up. Yes. Yeah. yeah Thank so, you for mentioning so, that. Cause so let's end on, on a plugs. Let's, yes, let's talk little about plug. Yeah. Well, and also just a little thing about the name change. That was also something that, you know, doing these other things, not only teaching the other classes, but I'm an actor and a dancer as well. Um, and, you know, being in the yoga world for so many years now, I, my artist was getting a little bit starved, hungry, yeah. you know, thirsty and itchy and uncomfortable and like eh, gotta get out so I started um, two years ago I produced a show here at the Brighton Fringe Festival Mm -hmm. called An Evolution of Love and um, and my students when I was teaching although I wasn't teaching as much that month Simon my you know godsend um, he taught a lot of the classes and helped out with the cover and the management and the running of the school so that I was able to do the show yeah um, but when I was teaching students and my teachers as well were saying wow BA whatever you're doing keep doing it because you're in a different place right now and mm-hmm. we really like this version of you <laughs> you know and, it was mm-hmm. like, and it's because I was you know I am an artist and that artist when you give when you feed when you nourish your soul you're a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So just as we started with the meditation, that's a way of nourishing your soul. And it's a very simple way of doing it um, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're a better version of yourself. So, so yeah, so for doing, doing the creative, I had this idea about bringing in on a regular basis um, a workshop that's one hour long. And I also had a student say to me, Oh, I just really want to meet someone, and I. So there's so many nice people here at our yoga school. I'm sure you're gonna you can meet a nice guy, you know. And she's like, yeah, but you never know who's gay and who's straight in Brighton. Very true. <laughs> or in a Bikram yoga studio. Or in a Bikram yeah. you know? So you. So I said, well. Okay, so maybe that can be part of Open Windows as well. I hadn't thought of the social side of it, mm-hmm. but um, having kind of a social mixer so that people can talk to each other and not just about posture or how hard the class was or how great the class was, but um, you know, just have a little something to eat and a little something to drink. So we bring Open Windows brings together um, create creativity, mm-hmm. yoga. And food, health and well-being. So we bring, we link up with a local cafe or foodie. Um, the first one we had Kate Magic. Um, the last one we had Eat Naked. Um, the one in between, my husband Simon, he's a, he's become a, a juicer, yeah. <laughs> which is amazing to me because when we first met, you know, it was he was not drinking gr- ju- green juice at all, you yeah. know, and he's he's making green juice now. He's doing watermelon juice now on a regular basis, and it just makes me so happy. Um, so. So, yeah, so we 
provide for the students or the general public everybody's welcome a little something to drink a little something to eat non-alcoholic definitely you know very healthy um, often including superfoods and and in line with the theme of the chakra so the whole overall theme of open windows is the chakra systems which are the seven main energy channels in the human body Mm mm-hmm and there's a color associated with them, the colors of the rainbow. So it's very simple, kind of, you know, the overall theme of each event is the, col- you know, the say the solar chakra, the mm-hmm. color yellow for the sun. And then all these associations, solar plexus, um, association with personal power. Um, and then we have, we have yogis, myself included, doing postures. We have artists drawing, doing life drawing. Um, we have photographers taking pictures. We have poets writing poems. We have dancers choreographing new work. Mm-hmm. Um, we have filmographers, you know, is that a word? Filmographer? <laughs> sure. Cinematographer, maybe? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, you know, cr- starting to create films and ideas about new films. Um, I'm creating an idea about a new show, and it's all collaborative. So it's only an hour long, but it gives you this little um, way to gain some understanding about these postures out of sequence yeah. get to fine tune and you know have your posture looked at by the teacher um, I'm offering a personal performance um, that kind of tells um, about my own experience mm-hmm. through the yoga um, while I'm doing the postures um, and then we have a little food and drink and you know a little dance so it's it's really exciting it's just the beginning um, I'm just so thrilled to be integrating thanks to my wonderful friend and and mentor Derek Goldman mm. he's a, an incredible um, director and I started working with him in Chicago back um, in the 90s early 90s he's now the head of the theater department at Georgetown University okay. in Washington DC and he flew me out last year to develop my show an evolution of love but when I showed it to him he said nope I'm not going to touch it. It's it needs to be exactly what it is, mm. and you just need to do it and get it out there. Mm. So I'm looking for producers because I'm not a producer really, mm. um, but I have the show and it's been well, really well received. So I, and then we were there. So he'd flown me over. So I was like, well, "What are we going to do for three days while we're here?" Yeah. So we developed three more shows. Oh wow! And one of which is this part of Open Windows that I'm that I'm starting to share oh, publicly cool. now. Um, and I'm really excited about the other work too, but open windows is yes, giving me this opportunity to what Derek said to me last year in May was how does BA the actor meet BA the yoga teacher Mm -hmm. and where does, yeah, where does the yoga teacher come into an evolution of love? that show I was like she doesn't mm-hmm. they're totally separate there's nothing about yoga in an evolution of love it's like not at all about yoga um, but it is because everything is yoga yeah but you know but I and then I heard myself I kind of had that response in my head when he asked me that and I realized a year previous to that that would have been my answer but in that moment I knew in my heart that there was no separation mm-hmm. between those two and I had another duty or responsibility to integrate the actor, the artist, the writer, the performer, the dancer, um, and the yogi. And I think that is also part of this, why the student of mine said to me last night, you're changing. 
yeah. you're light you know you're so much lighter it is there was a little darkness i think because i wasn't feeding that part of my soul mm. and now that i'm able to do that here at our yoga school that's just the beginning but i'm really excited to um and and getting a lot of encouragement from yeah. both my husband and some local um artists and directors and some non-local directors Derek yeah. keeps saying what are you going to do the show Bia you got to produce it yeah um, so maybe that's my next step just to either find or become a producer awesome <laughs> so you have open windows and then you have uh, yoga retreats coming up thank and you just explain them real briefly because like not, we don't have not time. to rush I, I got to go to a wedding tonight <laughs> oh we but, uh, a wedding. Yeah. okay yeah. so this yeah. summer we're hosting Simon and I are hosting our first official yoga retreats huge congratulations huge. thank you in Spain it's in Spain. Which it's at a place called Valdivida, mm -hmm. which is about 40 miles north of Mayor, um, Mayor. Malaga. Okay. 40 miles north of Malaga. And it's a very remote location. And it's an incredible place. I was invited last year by Hot Bikram Retreats to step in for one. If you know Juan, he was, he's an international Bikram yoga teacher as well. Amazing teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and has a school outside of Milan. If you're ever there, um, wait, it's not in Milan. Where is it? Milan's in Italy. I don't know. No, it's in Spain. What's the big city in Spain? Barcelona. Uh, Madrid. Madrid. <laughs> Sorry. So Juan has a school just outside of Madrid, if you're ever there. But he got so busy with the school that he wasn't able to lead this retreat because mm -hmm. he was just about to open or something. I don't know exactly. So he asked me to step in. And um, I had two weeks. I didn't have any time to prepare, which I love. And jumped right in, led this retreat, had an amazing experience. It was half teachers, half students. Afterwards, they all said, can we have a, a certificate, please? We feel like we deserve a certificate. Um, people have been asking me to do trainings for a couple years now. I'm not any. I'm not interested in that at all. Mm -hmm. I think there's too many yoga teachers in the world right now, yeah. and we need to focus on getting more students um, and and improving the teaching quality overall of who's out there and who's teaching. So I am interested in helping to mentor people who are teachers, um, and um, you know help people who are students, but. Um, but yeah, I love doing these these retreats. Our retreat is seven days. It's all inclusive. It's three meals a day. We have a private villa. We have a private chef. The chef determines the menu based on who's coming and what their dietary needs and preferences are. Mm. It's all fresh, local, organic. We've got fresh juices every day. We've got superfood smoothies. There's a pool. There's a sauna. Um, there's a yoga shala that looks, it's up on a hill and it looks over this massive valley that's covered in olive trees and almond trees and fig trees and lemon trees and it is so magical and you know spiritual and powerful the energy is just really high I've had some of the clearest meditation if not the most clearest meditation I've had um, while I was there and yeah, we do two classes a day. We do posture workshops in the afternoon. Everything's optional. I do morning meditation for those who wish to join me for that first. Um, and then I'm available between just to chat because you, as you can tell, I can chat yoga yeah. <laughs> like all day long, yeah. all night long. So yes, um, this summer, the July retreat is being led by Pamela Heron, myself, 
and my husband Simon Goddard hopefully um, but yeah the three of us I'm pretty sure are all definitely Pamela and I and hopefully Simon as well um, will be available to teach and share what we know it'll be primarily the hot yoga the Bikram series that yeah. we'll be doing but I'm really happy if people have the desire and interest to do these other classes um, and Pamela also has another um, method that she's been trained in called elastics which she's going to be um, teaching to us as well mm. for those who are interested very cool awesome well thank you so much for coming on the podcast and I will have you back because again you. We, we haven't we haven't scratched the surface <laughs> um, but uh, thank you and can you give your piece of advice one more time for the listeners Yes, please nourish your soul and meditate daily. Yeah. It's so simple. <laughs> Thank you, and I definitely will. Yeah. Uh, have a good one. Thank you so much. Thank BA. you. There you go, guys. That's Bridget Ann Goddard. Please go check out Bikram Yoga in the Lanes. It's at BikramYogaInTheLanes.com. Go to the open windows. Go take a class. Enjoy yourself. Have fun. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. Again, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, join the Facebook group, Namaste Bitches Podcast. Enjoy your day. Go meditate. Meditate tomorrow. Meditate the day after. Have a good one, guys, and namaste.